0: Well, hello, my name is Mary Beth Ramlow, and this young fella next to me is Pablo Garcia. Um, my family and I went on an all-church an all church mission, mission trip to Rancho Viva 35 years ago, and we met Pablo and Martha, and in the last 35 years, we've become more than friends. Family. We are family, we are what? Family. We are family. Um, Pablo's married to Martha, and they have two grown sons, Benjamin and Jacob, and they have two beautiful grandchildren, Misha and Oliver. Oliver. Yeah, I remember. And um, they um, have, um, their mission group is called Link International, and under Link International Ministries in, in Mexico, they oversee, one of our favorite places to go, is Casa de Pan, in Punta Colinet, And um, serving there is Maria Elena and Pedro Juromo. Um, we go down there a couple times a year to bring clothing and food and, and uh, teaching materials, maybe do a VBS. Over, over the years, we've done a bunch of them. And, um, it's, and last Christmas, we took those beautiful winter coats. Do you guys remember that? And it was a cold winter, so they needed them. But it's all with the help of our mi- ministry partners, um, Pablo and Martha, and um, 10 years ago, Pablo was even um, inspired and motivated to go on a, a mission trip with our church to India. And we were there for about two weeks, and man, did we have adventures. And like Pablo shared this morning in, in our Sunday school class, he said it, was, it felt like home, because he grew up in Chiapas? No, in no, Michoacan. Michoacan, Michoacan, yeah? Yes. Michoacan, and he said it was very much like the part of India we were in, right? Yeah, yeah. And, um, but he said the food was spicier in India than in, than in his hometown. So, um, But we are really glad he's here. Um, this summer, they're preparing to head out to Cuba. So our missionaries in Mexico are missionaries to Cuba. And that just like, you know, it's, it's just amazing um, because that's the kind of people they are. And we love you, Pablo. We love Martha, too. We miss her. She's up north in, in Idaho with her mom. Um, she wishes she was here. But um, please talk to Pablo afterwards at our big um, fiesta that we're having today and ask him some questions, and he's got a lot of good answers for you. So let's, let's give him a Taft Avenue welcome, everyone. Thank you. Thank you,
1: Thank you so much, uh, Marybeth Lee Rambo. It's been a great uh, great uh, um, journey, a wonderful journey, serving the Lord together uh, in Ensenada, Mexico. And wherever the Lord takes us, because we are like the wind. God could take us anywhere he wants. I want to read to the scripture that uh, was read before and uh, share, share the message. Psalms 51, verse uh, 16 and uh, 17. For you will not delight in the sacrifice, or I will give it. You will not be uh, pleased with a burnt offering. The sacrifice of God art a broken spirit, a broken and uh, constrained heart. O God, you will not, not, despise. Lord Jesus, we pray that the Holy Spirit will speak to our hearts this morning. Thank you so much for the worship time that we, that we spend with you, worshiping you. Because that's what we're going to do for eternity. Worship you and praise you. For you came to save us. Lord, speak to our hearts. And you know we pray. Amen. Well, the theme that I'm going to be sharing with you this morning is chosen by God, chosen to be used by God. And so um, sometimes we feel like uh, we can't serve God because of our past. We all come from all different backgrounds. We come from uh, broken families, uh, abuse situations, drug abuse. We come from very difficult, terrible times. And, uh, but the Bible tells us stories of many different people that were just basically the same as We are probably even messed up worse. Uh, For example, uh, we see Moses. Moses was born in a very difficult situation. You know, the king of Egypt ordered that all the babies that were born male, they should be killed. And he, and he ordered that to, to the midwives because he was afraid that the Jewish, the Israelites, would be too big, more than their own country, and they will turn against them. But the midwives, they fear God. They, they did not obey the orders that the king gave to them. So, there was a situation that developed on the whole thing. Moses was born, and the mother was afraid. She had three months, and she could no longer hide the baby. And so, she was smart and uh, she feared God and, and she came up with a great idea to save Moses' life. And so she had a, um, a crib, or how do you call it, a basket. See? And she uh, fixed it all up. She uh, put around all over the place to cover the holes. With uh, tarp and and what is the other thing uh, gosh, I forgot, but she covered the whole entire thing that way no water will come in, and she put the blank baby blanket and everything, and she put, her, put baby Moses in the river, Which she knew that the daughter of Pharaoh will go and swim. And the sister was wishing that the baby was okay. And so the princess came and as usual, she went swimming and then she saw the basket. So, oh, what is that? And she sent the slave, which was the sister. Hey, go and bring it over. And she was drawn to compassion. As she saw the baby, he saw a beautiful baby. She didn't care that her father was say, kill all the babies that are born from the Jewish people. She saw the baby and she was, she was moved to compassion. And she said, this baby is going to be mine. Let's take him home. And the Bible says that, he, that she named him Moses. Because he, she drawn him from the water. She, she saved his life. You know, Moses was born out of a Hebrew family. And he, he was taught by his mom. Jacob, because that the princess says, I want you to take care of the baby. And you can nurture him and, and give him breast and, and take care of him for me. I mean, this uh, Moses' mother was very smart to save his boy, her boy. And so, what an amazing thing. So, he grew up at a culture that it wasn't his. But his mother taught him well. Once he was growing up. And he saw that his people was being uh, harassed. And and being, being treated really bad. He responded naturally to defend his people. Because the Egyptians were not his people. And so he killed one of the Egyptians. And he fled for. Forty years he was in the desert. And as he was in the desert, you know, he was hiding for 40 years. And then something happened in the middle of nowhere. In Exodus 3, 4, God called him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And Moses answered, here I am. God revealed himself to Moses in a very unique way. In an amazing way. In the burning bush. Who will tell that that God will be there? You know, he was pasturing the sheep from his father-in-law. Out in the middle of nowhere, and God appears to him. In the middle of that, God sanctified Moses. He says, Take your shoes off, take your sandals off, because you're stepping on the holy ground. God knew of his sin. God knew he killed the the Egyptian and he needed to be cleaned. He had the guilt for 40 years. And he needed to be healed. He needed to be touched. So, why he was doing that? Because God was preparing him for something big. God chose him To serve him. He says. I want you to go. To Egypt. Go back. Go back where you were. And God says to Moses. So now. Go I'm sending you. To Pharaoh to bring my people. The Israelites. Out of Egypt. And Moses responded, God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? Who am I? Look at the state of my life. What I've done and what I've been. Who am I? He says, I'm nobody. Moses felt like he couldn't do the task. Have you ever felt like that sometimes when God wants you to do something and you go, who am I? I I can't do that. I'm not equipped. I feel inadequate. I, I don't have no training. I can't do that stuff. if God has chosen you, then certainly He will equip you to do that. Through Moses, God delivered the people of Israel from Egypt. God chose them to do the task. Another example that I want to talk to you is about King David. You know, King David, his father was Jesse, and he was uh, one of the eight sons of Jesse. He was the youngest one. And, uh, you know, Jesse was a, a farmer, a breeder of sheep, and so he had a lot of sheep. And King David was the youngest. I don't know about you, but I, I, I'm, all the, I'm the oldest of ten. And so, you know, the oldest get to do a lot of different tasks. But the youngest one sometimes, a lot of times, is just running around doing these errands for this and this and that and that. Because it's the youngest. The oldest, the father says, hey, go do this. And then, hey, can you, my dad says can you go do this? And then it goes on in the chain and then the youngest one ends up doing a lot of the chores that the oldest is supposed to do. That doesn't happen or didn't happen in your family, correct? It happens. So King David grew up with a lot of brothers and he was a shepherd. He was chosen by God to be the king The kingdom was already started. King Saul was the king. But then he was chosen to be the king. And there was nothing special about King David. He was just a young chopper. And he was fearless. When he was out the pasturing the, the, the sheep, you know, he saw the lion coming after taking his sheep. He called after them and killed the, the lion with his bare hands. He wasn't afraid. He killed the bear. He killed anything, lions and tigers. It didn't matter. He will kill them to guard and take care of and protect the sheep. What an amazing thing. But Israel was in war and, and, and with, the, with the Philistines. And so they had a big Humongous giant uh, challenged them. And Dave, you know, he was the youngest, and so his brothers were at war. And then he, his father, Jesse, says, Hey, I want you to go take cheese and take food to the to your brothers at, at the war. And so when he got there, there was a chaos. It was just a chaos. There was just so messed up everything. And the people of Israel was, Israel was so afraid. Even King Saul was so afraid. But King David, I mean David, the young sir, he just says, will I fight this guy? I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid of the lion. I'm not afraid of the bear. Why should I be afraid of this giant guy? It's nothing for me. Because he knew who was behind him. You know, the mighty warrior, the giants of giants was with him. And he knew, he knew that he was going to be with him all the way. So he says, I'll go. And King Saul was just like, you kidding me? You're so little and this guy is so huge. So he says, okay, well, at least protect yourself. Put, put my armor. He couldn't even walk with this armor. He says, take this thing off of me. All I need is my slingshot and five pieces, the five little rocks, and with this, I'll take care of this guy. So basically, he took the shot, and there we go. The victory was done. Wow, the story of King David started right there. He was just, everybody wanted Dave to be the king. And the battle started between. King Saul and King David, before he was proclaimed. It's crazy how I think the story is just it's so fascinating. If you like action movies and stuff, this was a I mean a really uh, action-packed story of the Bible. And so, what an amazing development of the, of, of this whole thing that it happened. As the war continued in many different places, you know, King David kind of lost track of of things, and he decided to stay home, relax and send everybody to the war. And he had won a lot of battles. He killed the giant, and so he stayed home. And as he was walking up at the top of the roof, there was a beautiful river going by and there was a beautiful naked woman swimming over there. And he sure lost after her. And that was his downfall. He called her, brought her in, got her praying it. And then he premeditated a plan to kill Bathsheba's husband. Wow. He not only committed adultery, but he also was getting deeper in trouble. Satan tries to work in many different ways. And King David, because all the bad things that, he did great, wonderful things before, but now this he was getting messed up right then. And What happened is that Bathsheba's son was born. You know, his, her husband died. Bathsheba's husband died. Then the baby was born. But God told Dave to, uh, prophet, through the prophet, your son is going to die. Can you imagine I don't know how many of you ladies, you know, and, and husbands, you know, you, you, you find out that, that you're praying it. And you're so excited. It's amazing and a magical moment. But then you go to the doctor and said, the doctor says, you know what? This baby is not going to be born. And if it's born, if it... Borns, if it Comes, to, comes up, he's going to die. Man, can you imagine that, giving you this bad news? Oh, it'll be just so tearing in your heart. Well, even though Dave, King David sin, he was just so turned turn apart. It was so so bad for him, and so he, he repented from his sins, and the confession is right here in the Psalm one fifty, I mean, I mean fifty one, verse nine and twelve. It says, "Create in me a clean heart, O God; renew a right spirit within me." Cast me not away from your presence and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore the joy of my salvation and uphold me with will and spirit. God saw true repentance in his heart. And as, as he saw that, He kept them as king of Israel. And out of Dave's line, our Lord Jesus Christ was born. An amazing thing, you know, you think Dave was chosen because he was, he was according to what the Bible says, he was... Uh, according to God's heart. And you know, God chooses all of us according to his own heart. But even though he's done that, they've messed up. But still, God chose him to be used by him. And great things happen. And the third one, the example of Saul. Saul, he persecuted the church all over the place in the regions of Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria. And he was in his way to Damascus. And Jesus had to stop him, he couldn't let him go anymore. And so the Bible says in Acts 9 3, 6, 3 and 6 Now, as he went on his way, he approached Damascus, and suddenly a light from heaven shone around him, and falling in the ground, he heard a voice saying, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, Who are you? And he said, I am Jesus, whom. You are persecuting, but raise up and enter quick, quick to the city, and you will be told, what are you to do? Wow. What an amazing encounter Saul had with Jesus. It was so heavy that Saul became blind of the bright light that surround him. So, he was persecuting the church. And as he persecuted the church, the Lord chose him to be an instrument to be able to preach to the Gentiles and to the kings of the Jews. It's amazing how how somebody could be so evil and then suddenly in the blink of an eye God choose them and then their lives are transformed. And you go, wow, really? Is that you? Because that's how God is. And sometimes, you know, when we start sharing the gospel with somebody, uh, sometimes we want them to change like that. It happens to you? Only to me. Probably just me. You know, we want, them to, we want people to change so fast. But, you know, God has the timing for everyone. For everyone. So, the Apostle Paul... He was a killer of God's people. I mean, Saul was a killer of of God's people, but Jesus transformed him into Paul. He no longer was Saul. Now he was Paul. And he chose them to be used by him. He was transformed in an incredible way. His life was completely changed. Miraculously. So when he went back to Jerusalem, people just were afraid. It's like, no, he can't, we can't let him share with us. No way. He, he was in his way to kill everybody in Damascus. You think we're going to trust him? The, the disciples couldn't trust him. How can that be? But then there was testimony that he was a true disciple of Jesus Christ. And amazing things happen. Paul served our Lord Jesus Christ. And as you read the the book of Acts, and and all the letters that he wrote to the uh, the different churches, it's amazing how many times he was beaten down. It's amazing how many times he was persecuted. I mean, he persecuted the Christian uh, church, But then, after he followed Jesus, he was being persecuted. It was an incredible thing that the Lord did in his life. And he served Jesus until the last day of his life when he was decapitated. He gave his life completely because he knew he was chosen by God to be used by him. And the last last, uh, example... To finish what, what I had to share this morning. Is the Samaritan woman. At the well of Jacob. I don't know how I'm doing with time. But. You're not on the second floor. Well someone are up on the second floor. The Apostle Paul was preaching one time. And somebody fell and died. Because he, the preaching went too long. <laughs> I'm not going to go too long. Okay guys up there. <laughs> Alright. So. The Samaritan woman had an incredible, an incredible uh, encounter with Jesus, and that is in, in John, uh, John chapter four, the story of, of uh, the Samaritan woman. She was a woman that had a very hard life, and having an encounter with Jesus, you know, it wasn't easy, because, you know, uh, you, you know the story. Behind this whole thing is that, you know, Samaritans and Jews they couldn't get along because the Jews were just pure blood. The Hebrews were uh, uh, pure blood, and that you know the Samaritans were half and half of of Jew and half of something else. It's like my kids, you know, my kids they're half Mexican and half American, and they also have, uh, I think. German and other uh, bloodline, and so it's like you know, pretty mess. <laughs> I won't say mess up, but <laughs> they're mixed, and so there was a rival robbery in, 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 in their encounters. So, um, so this woman comes to, to get water out of the well and, and sees Jesus there, like you know, how you dress. Sometimes they notice where, and also your color of your skin or whatever. They see who you are. Basically, all kind of guess, you know. And so, um, Jesus asked for some water. And then a big conversation started, you know. Back and forth, discussion about, how can you say, hey, you a Jew, and you're asking me for water? And You know, a whole thing developed, a conversation. And so a woman, uh, uh, chapter uh, 4, verse 7 and 8, a woman from Samaria came to draw water. Jesus says to her, give me a drink. The Samaritan woman said to him, how is that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me? A woman of Samaria. For well, Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered, If you knew the gift of God, and who is that is saying to you, Give me a drink, you will have asked him, and he will have given you living, living water. The Samaritan woman said to Jesus, you know after talking about back and forth about natural water and living water and everything he says in verse 15 he says sir give me this water that i won't come to this place to get it that i won't be thirsty anymore give me some of the water and jesus responded go Call your husband and come back. She answered, "I have no husband." Wow, that's a true confession. You know, immediately a re- a, a son, two, she immediately recognized it. He was mess- she was messed up. For you have five husbands, and the one that you have is not your husband. That you have said the truth. What an amazing thing. It's wonderful when uh, somebody speaks to us in just a few words. They don't need to give us a whole sermon to understand what they mean by saying those few words. That's what's happening to the Samaritan woman. Just. A few things that Jesus said to her, and she was just like, wow, amazing. You discover everything that I am. You know everything. For us to know everything of somebody, somebody has to gossip and tell us all about it. Oh, tell us the story, you know. So she recognized the Messiah called Christ came to choose her, to save her, and to use her to reach her whole town for Jesus. Wow. What an amazing story. It's so fascinating. To me, it's so fascinating because this woman has a past that is so messed up. And then just like that. Jesus just puts everything on the table and said, this is who you are. And this is what you need. And she responded in an incredible way. When the disciples came, they noticed that she was talking to somebody that he shouldn't be talking to, you know, because they didn't, Talk to each other, and they didn't get along. And so, they go on and talk to Jesus and everything, and the Samaritan woman kind of slips off and goes back to her town. And she starts telling the story to everybody. Hey, I think I found the Messiah. I think I find the Christ. He's come. He's told me everything about my life. I mean, there was no possible way that somebody will tell the story of this woman, you know, to Jesus if they have never seen him. So she knew. She knew that he was the Messiah. And she started proclaiming. The Samaritan woman reached probably more people than others they have gone through Bible school and uh, theology college and all that stuff. And don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that it's wrong to go to Bible schools and colleges and, and get equipped and, 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 and prepare ourselves to, to preach and share the gospel to all creatures. If you could do that, it's wonderful. It's great. I was able to do that. And I continue to study. I continue to go to seminars and everything. Because I want to know the Lord more. I want to have more from the Lord to be able to share more about him. But if you haven't had no formal training or anything like that, it doesn't get you off the hook. The Samaritan woman didn't have any formal training or anything like that. And she went and reached the whole town for Jesus Christ. All you have to tell her like it is, this is what Jesus has done in my life. And he could do it in your life too. He could change you. He could change any situation you have going on in your life. He could become the Savior of your life for anything. You know, the mission of reaching people for Christ is not going across the world. It's going just right across the street with your neighbors in a daily basis in our work environment, in our jobs. If you're the boss, You have a business going on and everything. Hey, take a five minute. A five minute. Hey, I want everybody to come here. I just want to share a little word of God. You know, if you like to listen, great. If not, it's okay. We understand your background and everything. But, you know, I I love the Lord and I just want you to know this. I just want to share it with you. Because you have the power to do it. They're your employees. You just... You know, God has chosen all of us for different, different situations. He has come to us, and we all have all different backgrounds. God chose Moses to deliver his people. God chose King David and continued to use him as king. God chose the Apostle Paul, not Saul, to become the Apostle Paul. One of the, I just love reading his, his letters because he was passionate. He was passionate until his last day. And God chose the Samaritan woman to be used and reach out her town. God chose me when I was 18 years old. And it was the best thing that ever happened to my life. And I'm willing to go wherever he wants to take me. I'm willing to even die for the the cause of our Lord Jesus Christ. Every time that I go somewhere, I'll tell my kids, Hey, if I don't come back, you tell about Jesus. I died serving Jesus. So God chose you. To be used by Him. He wants to use your life where you are. Don't be afraid of telling. Many of us have grandkids. Many of us have family that they're not believers. Don't be afraid of telling like it is. Just tell them about Jesus. Don't get tired because God chose you to tell them about Jesus. Your friends oh, I I don't want to lose my friend if they know I'm a Christian and this and that. Hey, who cares if you lose them? You know, it will be worse if you lose them and he goes to help without Jesus. You know, so God is trusting you. Let's please stand up and let's pray. Lord Jesus, all these people that you chose, they they, they made bad choices. They were sinners. None of them were good. But God, you chose them to be used by you. As you have chosen us. You came at the very time, at the very just perfect moment when you needed to reach out to us. Just as Moses and King David and Saul and, and this Samaritan woman had an encounter with you. They said yes to you. They turned from their own ways to follow you, Jesus. They obey the plan that you have prepared for them. They were transformed in the same way could happen to us. We need you. We want to respond, here I am. Use me as you wish, as you want me to be Jews. Regardless, of our past, you saved us. Help us to reach others for your kingdom. Lord, we praise you and thank you for this day. Thank you the many of our brothers and sisters that are all around the world sharing your gospel. if we don't go to the missions overseas, you have a mission right at home. It starts with our own family, our relatives, our friends, our neighbors. We pray that your Holy Spirit will use us. Thank you, Jesus, for this time. We praise you. In your name, we pray. Amen.